The topic of conversation today is around scale weight. In particular, the question posed was, why do you recommend weighing yourself daily? Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome to this BSL coaching roundtable, the first ever coaching roundtable. The topic of conversation today is around scale weight. In particular, the question posed was, why do you recommend weighing yourself daily? I'll leave it to you guys. Who wants to jump in first as to why we believe that it's relevant to weigh yourself daily with respect to our coaching process? For, for my early stages of my coaching career, I never used to have uh, clients weigh in uh, particularly on a Monday, right? Because we all know what happens on a weekend, you know, and from an emotional standpoint, clients check in on Monday and they're like, oh my goodness, what just happened over the weekend? And now I'm distraught and, and what's going on? And how many conversations do we have with clients where decisions that they make are based on what they see on the scale? If the scale is down, all of a sudden they're excited and, and decisions sort of come from that. And if the scale is up, then they're frustrated and anxious and then decisions sort of come from that. So, you know, traditionally I used to always sort of wait until about Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, what ended up happening, and this was two years ago now, Ben and I have sort of had a conversation specifically about this. And, and he said, but this is, this is the value of weighing in every day or as much as often is to really see and highlight some of those areas of change, whether it be from a weekend or whether it be from a Tuesday or a Thursday during the week and sort of establish, you know, how is this linking up with those daily practices and, and to really then give that information to the client to say, Hey, this is some expectations and, and we can make some better decisions based on what we see. And, you know, the impact of maybe some weekend behaviors, not necessarily with the understanding that that weight change is or is not specifically fat tissue, but it's just in having that conversation about what those changes and how those changes are coming about. And if we're seeing them, uh, you know, on a regular basis, uh, because that then provides more insight into some of those behaviors from a week to week standpoint. That's good stuff, Dan. It's similar to you. Before I came and was coached through BSL, I was running my own practice and I only had my clients at the time weigh in uh, once a week, in some cases, once every other week. And while, you know, you can certainly, obviously you can still get results regardless of how many days a week you're weighing in. Same as you. I found out that it was just depending on the day that they weighed in. If it was a Monday, if it was a Saturday after it went out on a Friday, uh, that one acute data point it doesn't really tell the whole story of what's going on. You know, it could literally just be telling the story of what happened last night if you're, you know, a weekend warrior, for instance. So weighing in daily, once I sort of shifted my perspective on that and overcame my own concerns for my clients, was like, what about the psychological impact of feeling like we got to get on the scale every day? You know, can't that be deleterious? But really for, for me, it was, it was a framework of like, well, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to get results, right? Like if you're trying to eat better, work out more, you're doing it for a reason. You want some sort of an outcome and how do we manage our outcomes better than to track the progress of them, right? So that daily weigh-in kind of removes the acute nature of a single data point taken once a week or once a month and turns it into a more even curve of you know data that allows you to make really good decisions about specific behaviors that you can identify relative to those data points, like you said on Monday, I see I'm up two pounds every Monday. Well, then there might be something going on on Saturday and Sunday that we can 
navigate as through the coaching process to help smooth that part of the curve out. Uh, so it, it's made a huge difference in, in my opinion for, for me as a practicing coach to have that information and help clients really pinpoint specifically where there's opportunities to make change that, that might otherwise have been holding them back simply by having that extra data. I think um, for me, it's not dissimilar to you guys, but I think for me, seeing those normal daily fluctuations were key. I like to tell my clients, like, it is not going to move in a perfectly linear straight line. It's going to look like this. So I think that's really important, especially for my female clients. I feel like they obsess a little bit more over the weight, like going back to what Dan said that uh, their behaviors were based off of that scale weight in the morning. But I think when they weigh in every day, they're realizing, okay, there is some fluctuations here. It's not going down perfectly in a linear line like we would want it to or expect it to. And um, what's going on, especially, you know, around menstrual cycle, we do see an uptick in scale weight too, which I think is important for us to, to validate that this is normal. And a lot of clients, like Joey said, when they were weighing in one day of the week, is that their high we, uh, scale weight for the week or is that their lower day? Um, so when you're getting scale weight every day, you're getting an average, which is nice. Yeah. And, and, and all of those points are, are equally salient. And, and at the end of the day here, the way that we think about it from a coaching company and from a client results standpoint, because that reigns supreme, is awareness. And we need to leverage data to help us make informed decisions. But equally important is giving the client the opportunity to establish awareness around their own behaviors so that they can be the executor and the owner of their decisions. And once we can identify and create more awareness around how our scale weight fluctuates, because we know very clearly that scale weight on a day-to-day -day basis is simply a reflection of our behaviors over the past 24 to 48 hours. When we can emotionally detach and accept the logic involved in that one data point, and then how to effectively leverage it to then again, help us make informed decisions to say, today I stepped on the scale and it was the same. It was higher than yesterday. It was lower than yesterday and acknowledge and say, Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder why that is. Now, maybe I've been in a calorie deficit. And so the logical thought process is, okay, I must be losing weight. I must be losing body fat. Okay, great. Or it's elevated from yesterday and or the day before. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder why that is from an awareness standpoint. So one, it forces us to, to acknowledge what we're seeing, to associate what we're seeing with those behaviors, once we can understand that really is truly a reflection of our behaviors, and then ask the pertinent questions, right? To be able to say, okay, I'm accepting that it is up. However, once we understand that it's not body fat, we're not gaining and losing body fat in a 24-hour period, right? We're simply looking at, at trends over a period of time. And that's the way that it needs to be leveraged. But then when we can reflect back and say, okay, it's up a couple of pounds. What did I do differently yesterday? What were the expectations that I know every time I drink more alcohol, every time I eat a higher carbohydrate meal, every time I eat saltier foods or more processed or I eat out, 
right? I know that it's the time of the month and I can fully expect for the week leading up to my menstrual cycle that I'm going to be up three or five or eight pounds or whatever it is, that then we can continue to drive the logic in what it is that we're seeing. And then by virtue of that, zoom out and from a data standpoint, truly be able to track progress in conjunction with the other tools that we leverage to drive progress, right? We look at pictures, we look at circumference measurements, we look at subjective factors of well-being, what we call biofeedback, things like your hunger, your energy, your cravings, your mood, your libido, your digestion, your cognitive function. And so globally, that's where we can really distill down and say, okay, it's not as relevant in the big picture as I once made it out to be, as we as coaches once made it out to be. And now I can absolve myself of the guilt, the shame, the frustration, the fear, the angst, the happiness that exudes from simply seeing one solitary, insignificant number on the scale. And that's really like overarching the way that we like to think about it so that at the end of the day, you've become as a client as an individual, you've become your own best nutrition detective, right? You have the awareness skills, you have the accountability tools, and now you have the understanding of how your weight is going to fluctuate based on your behaviors. Hey friends, quick pause in this episode for an exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've officially partnered with Fullscript to create our own very high-end quality supplement store. Fullscript is the number one online dispensary for professional-grade supplements. And while we do have our own small retail shop for our Complete Essentials training formula, we're often asked for recommendations when it comes to products outside of those that we carry. Now, as you probably have realized, the internet is the Wild West when it comes to supplements, and it's tough to find many of the best products from a reliable source and at an affordable price. I've heard many stories of people ordering something off Amazon and receive something completely different in the bottle, which can actually be quite dangerous when it comes to nutritional supplements. And so in the BSL Nutrition Fullscript Dispensary, we've hand-selected a few dozen of our personal favorites, and we've broken them into easily searchable categories, including Ben's favorites. Now, the best part of this situation is that due to the buying power of groups, we're able to get you a 15% off retail pricing on the entire catalog of professional products in our shop. These are brands like Designs for Health, Biotics, Research, Biobotanical Research, Microbiome Labs, Seeking Health, and more. So just click on the Join BSL Nutrition Supplement Shop in the show notes to create your free account and place your first order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping on top of our 15% discount on everything. And just so you know, the criteria we use to determine what went into the shop is, is the product something we would recommend and or take ourselves and give to our kids? Is the product of the highest quality? And can we provide a lower cost than is available anywhere else on the web? Now, we sincerely hope this helps you save money and acquire the highest quality products for you and your family. And let's get back to the show. And I, I think uh, to add to that, Ben, because you raised some really good points, but this is the hardest thing I think with most clients across the the, uh, the path is removing the emotion and, or separating the emotion and logic, right? We're, we're all very emotional individuals and, and beings. And 
And that's the hardest thing most people do is find is trying to overcome that emotional connection to what number they see on the scale and, and look at it from a lo- uh, logical standpoint to go, okay, we, this is just a data point and we just need to accumulate more data points to find out what's exactly going on. And then we can make a decision based on that. And, and oftentimes it's too easy to go the emotional uh, aspect and then make decisions. And we know most decisions right. made from emotional standpoint are probably not <laughs> always that good. Well, and that's such a good point because that's where we allow an seemingly insignificant or a seemingly significant number, which invariably is insignificant, to dictate our behaviors over the rest of the day, over the rest of the week, to qualify us as someone that's either uh, good or bad based on what we're seeing. And so this brings us into the second part of the question, which is, what if it stresses me out to see my weight fluctuate on a daily basis. My response to that, you know, what if it stresses? What stresses you out—the the number on the scale or the awareness that gives you about what drove that number to be higher or lower? Beautiful qualification, and that's where the former is. That when people look at the number and they identify the number as "quote unquote" good or bad, that facilitates some stress response. It's not where it should be. It's not going down fast enough. I've been doing quote unquote, everything right. And it's not moving. Therefore, why bother? Screw it. I'm going to let this, this dictate my decisions, you know, moving forward and on and on. And so how do we approach those types of conversations? How do clients and individuals that look at scale weight and allow it to determine their emotional responses, how can we kind of reframe that thought process? How would we work through this typically? I know for me, if I'm finding that I have particular clients struggling with what uh, they see on the scale and it's derailing their quote unquote progress for the day or their choices, and it's an emotional choice that it's derailing them, then I've had clients take breaks from the scale, put it away. Let's focus on how you're feeling. Let's focus on body circumference measurements. Let's focus on your performance in the gym. And I've noticed that once they are able to get off of the scale and keep making those behavioral changes from day to day, they seem to not care about what the scale says as much. And they're more interested in how they feel uh, rather than getting on the scale in the morning being fixated on that number that they saw on the scale. And then in turn, they are focused more on those habits and how they're, they're feeling overall. So I, I currently have some clients that are taking a break from the scale. Well, the, the scale is a data point to be truthful. It's like, it's like setting the goal of losing 30 pounds, six months from now. Like you don't, you don't control that. Unfortunately, me, the coach, you, the coach, you, the client or individual out there trying to, to better yourself. Like you have absolutely no control over what the scale said six months from it, but you do control what you do right now today. And for the most part, we know what behaviors, generally speaking, will lead to the scale gradually going down over a given period of time. So getting on that scale daily is a good opportunity to reflect on the behaviors from yesterday to see, to, to legitimately, going back to the point I was making a moment ago, is like to, to legitimately reflect. And I think that's where, when I really dig into it with an individual who's struggling with the daily weigh-ins, you know, that's 
in many cases, in my experience, what we moved down to is it's like the number isn't what's bugging you. What's bugging you is that if the number went up, it, you you recognize that that now is a reflection. It's it's unavoidable to understand that that's a reflection of something. You know, whether it's menstrual cycle, whether it's alcohol the day before, you know, binge eating at night, watching Netflix or whatever it, it may have been. And now you have to reconcile with that behavior to acknowledge like, okay, dude, is that something that needs to change? Am I okay with that? If you are, cool. There's nothing wrong with that. We're all adults here. You know, we all can make our own choices, but it's a lot easier to make choices when we have informed data about what that choice is going to result in relative to whatever it is we said at the beginning of this that we wanted for ourselves. And now we actually have to say like, crap, I might have to start saying no to certain things that I was previously saying yes to because I have this data and it's unavoidable to recognize how these mm -hmm. two things are correlated. What's really interesting in this conversation, because there's a lot of really good nuggets in here, but you know, what's interesting in, in my conversations with clients, um, and I know you guys will agree, there's not one client that when we talk about their goals with them, there's not one client that's going to say, my overarching definitive goal is to hit X on the scale. We know as in, as humans at this point with our you know weight loss society, like we know very clearly that the weight loss is going to be a Joey, as you said, a byproduct of the behaviors that we implement on a daily basis. So we know if the scale's going down, we're losing body fat, we're looking better, we're feeling more confident, our clothes are fitting better, we're we are having more energy, we're getting healthier, we're setting a better example, all of the things that we all want for ourselves, for our family. And, and again, as we know that the weight's going to be a byproduct, yet what's so interesting is the emotional somersaults that we do in the initial stages for many people when we see the number not reflecting what we want it to reflect or what we think it should be reflecting. And so what I think the most important part of this process is helping individuals understand what realistic expectations look like from a scale weight standpoint, because we all have these preconceived notions around what we think should happen over a period of time. Rarely does it happen in the way that we think it's going to happen or as quickly as we think it's going to happen. And then Joey, also, like you said, it is staring us in the face as to the acute response to our behaviors. Because truthfully, I think oftentimes it's something that we just don't want to see. If I have to step on the scale again, I know what I did last night probably isn't in line with what I should have done, what's part of the plan what's part of my behavioral process. And therefore, it's a lot easier for me just to absolve myself of the responsibility of jumping on the scale and reaffirming what I know I'm going to see. However, the more consistent we do it, the more accountability is built in, the more we equate those decisions and behaviors with uh, our progress, the more consistent we're going to be assuming that we genuinely are making concerted efforts towards the goals that we said that we have. And that's where it's like, it's not for everyone. That's perfectly fair. However, so much of our coaching process is about, again, leveraging data to make informed decisions that we need as many data points as possible. And you as an individual need data to help reaffirm what you're doing or not doing is working or not working. 
right? And that's what I would express to everyone listening to this is it doesn't matter how you're getting there as long as you're getting there and can stay there. Now, obviously, there's a lot of lessons learned in there, but we need to know that we're actually making progress. That can come from scale weight. It can come from those subjective feelings of well-being, hunger, energy, cravings, mood, libido, digestion, cognitive function. It can come from blood work. It can come from circumference measurement. It can come from pictures. But we found that globally and cumulatively, the more data that we can collect, the better suited we can be to help guide you on the right path, the more likely you are to consistently make the decisions that are in line with the goals that you said that you have. And that's really, in a nutshell, kind of how we want to think about it. Yeah, I think, uh, too, uh, you know, that this sort of goes to the, the common question we all get where, you know, client must, might, might say to us, hey, I think my ideal weight is X or, you know, what do you think I should weigh? And like, honestly, whatever you want it to be when we get down to that, you know, how do you want to look? How do you want to feel? How do you want to, you know, it sort of goes to, which is probably humorous, but all of us probably weigh in uh, with a BMI. We're probably all classified as overweight. Uh, based on BMI, but you know, as far as how we feel and how we look, we're certainly not in that retrospect uh, or that uh, position based on that uh, specific number. But you know, when when we're so conditioned as a population to Wait, Dan, why is that as a function of BMI? Why is that that we're all overweight? I mean, it, it pertains to the conversation we're having. So, so. Right? Yeah. Well, so so BMI is purely just on the, the two variables of height and weight and, and, and looking at the, the comparison between how tall you are and, and how much you weigh, it's not taking into consideration what your muscle mass looks like, what your bone mass, what your fat mass all, all collectively looks like. So it's missing and from obviously from the standpoint of, of muscle being more dense than, than fat tissue, then obviously body weight is going to be a little bit higher relative to the composition of the body. So uh, BMI is going to be inflated uh, in individuals that have more dense muscle tissue compared to those uh, that have less dense relative to the same height. So if you're six foot, I'm six foot, and we may, and we have different levels of, of, uh, of, of muscle mass, we're going to weigh very, very different relative to our heights. And that's going to throw off our BMI. And that's going to largely skew what category that we're in. So, you know, from that, it's, it's certainly going to position people to think that they're at certain levels or maybe not have the understanding of like, okay, it's not just a scale weight that we're looking for. We're looking for the changes internally that should be what's dictating uh, where we want to be from a physical, from at least from an aesthetic standpoint, but also on relation to, to hey, I want to feel better. I want to sleep better. I want to, you know, be able to be stronger and do more uh, activities, right? They're, they're the other conversations uh, as part of that collective uh, journey. Yeah, that's, that's well said. And so, you know, at the end of the day here, and, and we'll kind of wrap things up, I, I think if, if, if you guys can take anything away, you know, those of you listening, the, the most important thing to take away from this is, is weight is simply a, a, a data point that we're leveraging amongst many other data points to be able to one track progress to be able to help you accumulate more awareness around the process. Now it, it's not to say that we shouldn't see that number changing depending on the person. If you are significantly overweight, we're going to see and should see weight go down. That's a good thing. However, there's many an instance where you know weight doesn't necessarily change, but body composition changes. And this is sort of like that gray area that's really nebulous, especially for females within a certain range, or even um, leaner males who have never done any strength training, where we 
where we really see a massive uptick in lean body composition and a, a reduction in body fat to the degree that still things end up kind of evening out and there's not a whole lot of weight change. And that's why one BMIs can be confusing or not applicable under those situations. And two is that it, the weight alone is not a good determinant of progress. And so what we consistently see with clients is, and I alluded to this earlier, and this is really important, is that our, our expectations of what we think we should see on the scale are totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you think your weight should be. I say this with the utmost respect, because at the end of the day, we can all agree that the goals are not what you see on the scale. It's how you feel, how you look, your confidence levels, your energy levels, um, th that you're setting a great example, all of those things. Because regardless, if you, if you weighed 150 pounds and you felt like shit and looked like shit and you, or you weighed 175 pounds and you looked amazing and you were lean and healthy and strong, uh, you wouldn't care, right? You wouldn't care what you see on the scale. And so that's really, really important because when we can kind of break those beliefs is what we see with many clients is they say, okay, well, I'll be happy when I get down to 155 pounds. Right. And then we hit 155. And it's very clear from some circumference measurements and pictures that we've got plenty of room to still go. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I guess we can keep going. It kind of breaks the belief around I'll be happy when, but also continuing to move like, well, I feel good with where I am right now, but I also understand that there's plenty of room to work. We've got another 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 pounds of body fat that we can lose. That's bonus but hopefully that's helpful to answer why we think it's important, generally speaking, for individuals to weigh themselves daily, especially if they're working towards any you know, weight loss, muscle gain goals. So that big picture, we can zoom out and say, hey, what's the trajectory here from March 1st to March 30th? What's happening in terms of scale weight, as opposed to what's happening from March 2nd to March 3rd? And then kind of more specifically is from day to day, I can really start to put the pieces together of now I'm starting to understand how and why my weight fluctuates by virtue of amount of exercise, my hydration status, my sleep quality, the amount of carbohydrates I'm consuming, the amount of alcohol, the amount of salt, my hormones, and, and what have you. So kind of we'll leave it at that. Great stuff. If you're tuning in, make sure you're active in the Facebook group, letting us know what sort of questions you have that we can answer on the next Coaches Roundtable. Obviously, reach out to any one of us if you have individual questions or want support. We're here for you. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 